0: Welcome to the Grow Strong Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I interview business leaders who are committed to their own growth and the development of everyone on their team. If you enjoy my podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Grow Strong Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. And I'd like to kick things off today by inviting each of my listeners to think back to a time when you needed to speak publicly, whether it was to an audience of one or two in a sales presentation or a hundred or even a thousand in an open meeting, whether online or in person. Get in touch with the emotions that you had before, during and after that event. If you felt fear, anxiety, or some form of imposter syndrome, you're in good company. These feelings are very common. I've had them myself, even after 200 episodes of doing this podcast and speaking before large audiences. And my two guests have as well. We'll hear more about their story let me introduce these two very special people to you because they have valuable insights and tips to share with you today to help you feel calm and confident in those kinds of public speaking situations. So I'd like to give a warm welcome to Shelley Goldstein and Mark Bossert. Glad to I'm be good. here. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to have you. And I also want to give a shout out to Frank Agen, who is a super networker and super connector, Shelly and I met at one of Frank's events online uh, called Networking Hub. And she and I formed an instant connection, had a later conversation, and I just knew she and Mark would be wonderful guests for my podcast because of what they themselves have done to become comfortable with public speaking and now teaching others. Shelley struggled to memorize scripts, and this made her incredibly nervous and tongue-tied when she had to make presentations. Mark was terrified to speak up because he was anxiety-ridden and lost his confidence from sleepless nights. And the two of them met in a public speaking course, which I find fascinating. And the investment in experience of mastering those skills became their inspiration for developing their own signature transformational methodology to help others overcome their speaking fears. And that is the story behind their company, Remarkable Speaking, and we'll be getting into that. I'd love to start out by each of you telling a little bit more about your respective journeys. I don't know who might like to go first.
1: Give it up to Mark. I'll, I'll jump in. Um, so, you know, I, I was an only kid. I am an only kid. Um, alcoholic parents. The world just was not a safe place for me growing up. And some horrible experiences of stepping out or being seen and being ridiculed just meant that it never felt safe. And it was something I aspired to. I I actually experienced a lot of time with Tony Robbins. When he was first starting out, he was in his early 20s, as I was at that time. And I kind of aspired to that whole thing. And, you know, we can see what he's gone on to do. Well, I just never got over that terror. It was really deep and really core in my being. And then my career kind of went along, but I shied away from public speaking. I did some, I had to, <laughs> but it was never enjoyable. Like it's like your introduction said, sleepless nights, over-preparing, terrified while speaking that I'm going to go blank. And then we did this course uh, together and it changed everything for me. At, you know, I guess you don't want to regret things in life, but I regret that I didn't have this in my 20s because it would have made it such a difference in my career. That aching, burning need that I'd sort of suppressed for all my life to kind of step up and be myself in front of other people was suddenly, hey, I, it's possible. Mm. And then beyond that, then being able to help others to do and experience that same thing of being fully seen, fully heard in front of other human beings and being okay with, being judged, and not dying (laughs) (laughs) has has made this the best gig I've ever had in my life. And I've done more things than I've not done, basically.
0: (laughs) Oh, You know, Mark, I want to acknowledge your transformation there yourself and also affirm the fact, and I know you know this, that all those years you spent with that anxiety are what make you so effective today in the work that you do because you had to walk through all of those things and now you're so relatable when you are working with audiences because they know you didn't start out having it all together. And so I think it has to give them hope that that it's possible for them too, for you to have been able to, you know, groan and learn from from the painful past that you had. Shirley, what was your journey like? Well, Shelley- I'll,
2: tell, I'll tell you. <laughs> no problem. I'll tell you, you know, just hearing Mark's story, it encourages me too, because yes, these journeys for us were difficult. And I am an ambivert. I'm more, more of an extrovert. I am the social butterfly. I'll show up at every party. I'll be there. But something happened early on when I had to make a presentation, a different kind of pressure. And my brain just seized up. And that fear, that fear basically paralyzed me for decades. Hmm. How, why, how can that be? And meeting Mark and not only learning, you know, he's more of an introvert that not only do we both share this journey of having a fear of speaking, but we come from two very different spaces where people say, well, I'm an extrovert. You're okay. Well, I'm an introvert. We're here to tell you that myth does not exist. It -hmm. really comes down to the core of why you're feeling that way. You even mentioned, you said after 200 podcasts, there's still some things that trigger and emotions. And even in my own journey, it doesn't still go away today. I, I had a very challenging meeting the other day because I over I did everything I tell people not to do. So it still is possible. We're not perfect, but we can appreciate the journey. We have the tools. We've learned the tools to take that moment to recover and regroup and be able to at least be self-expressed from our true heartfelt selves, not over practiced, and over presented and come off sounding too polished if there is such a thing.
0: Well, I think it is. I mean, there definitely is something is sounding too polished, because you don't come across as genuine. And mm-hmm. natural, it, it feels somewhat forced. And people can sense that, you know, they know when oh, yeah. you're speaking from the heart. And you know, thinking about what I do, I'm curious to know, some of the techniques you share with your clients to help them relax and, you know, be in the moment. For me, it's focusing on how can I serve my audience? How can I serve my guests? So when Mm -hmm. I take the focus off myself, I relax. And, you know, I'm in the moment. I kind of like having that edge to, you know, just make me aware of uh, being humble, being open, and realizing, like you said, you don't have to be perfect to do this. People, you're more relatable when people see that you're human too, because then you're not setting the bar so high; they don't think it could ever reach it.
1: That's absolutely true. You know, we're humans. I mean, let's yeah. let's just kind of let let that be the baseline mindset. We're going mm-hmm. to make mistakes. There isn't no there is no such thing as the perfect speech. I don't care which one you want to talk about. Even Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. He was losing the audience with his prepared speech.
2: That's right. Uh-huh. And Mahalia
1: Jackson shouted, hey, tell him about the dream, Martin. And he went extemporaneous and just tore the sky apart with what he shared with uh-huh. everyone. And a That's big part think- of what we practice with, yeah. Judy, Meredith, That's what I would love
0: to hear you talk about is how do you help people get past some of those fears and posture syndrome that they have about speaking so they can show up as more genuine themselves speaking from the heart.
1: Number one is you have to practice under pressure. We're very comfortable in our lives. We're used to being able to it being no all right to go. I'm a little hungry. I'm going to have a snack. I'm a little cold. I'm going to put on a jacket. I'm going to be inside a warm house. It's minus 24 outside, centigrade, where I'm where I live right now. It was minus 32 this morning. It's difficult to go out there, but the dogs got to do their thing in the morning, and <laughs> so I'm out there. We're used to uh, being able to avoid that stuff. And so we use that as a way to go, well, ah, I feel this fear about speaking. People are going to judge me. I don't ever practice being in that situation of a little bit uncomfortable, but supported in order to go through it. And Mm -hmm. by being able to go through it repetitively, getting the reps in, Mm -hmm. people become used to it and... They build this knowing that even if I feel that energy, whatever you want to describe it as, we like to describe it as excitement rather than anxiety, you can still perform really well. In fact, you need that energy. With practice, you learn. When I feel that, when I feel ramped up, I can blow the roof off. But when I'm kind of calm and, oh yeah, it sounds boring.
2: I'll give a tip for that, expanding on what Mark's talking about. And you even mentioned, Meredith, the energy, you have that energy, and it propels you forward, just what Mark was sharing. Mm -hmm. And a tip for that of practicing, we can practice every day in our lives, whether it's talking to somebody online in the grocery store, just turning around and looking at something in their basket and asking them, you know, is that good? Is that pesto sauce good? Whatever it is, or Talking to a Lyft driver or raising your hand in a webinar, an all hands meeting at work. And you may, especially if you have nothing to say, that's even the better time. But just raising your hand and saying, you know, thank you, Meredith, I really appreciated what you just said. It could be that simple, just thanking somebody. Those are little tips on how to practice in everyday life because not only Does it help you embolden yourself for your career, but for your personal life as well? The people we work with realize that it's not like a work container person. I have like a Shelly work uh, person. I have a weekend Shelly and I have a at home Shelly. No, it's all the same Shelly. We hope we want to inspire that. And showing up and practicing in all these different areas are all ways of practicing showing up in confidence and managing that energy and just doing it. You can't Mm -hmm. you can't learn to speak from reading a book necessarily, you really need to do it. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's what we that's what we uh, inspire. You know, I absolutely love that advice. Because these are almost like baby steps, you know, these are easy to, to take actions, it requires raising our awareness doesn't it to even see these opportunities to do that kind of thing if we're used to looking ahead at the grocery store and just st- sticking our you know items on the um the uh, the belt it we we miss out looking around us and seeing where are these possible times when i could engage with someone cuz that's really what you're talking about
2: yeah, imagine a parking lot in the
0: supermarket where everybody's engaging in conversation because they,
2: <laughs> they have all these new friends. We're starting something new, a new meeting place. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I, the, the, uh, the mindset, sorry, Meredith. No, the go mindset ahead. that I love about that, that really has helped me a lot. Someone I admire came up with this. If I can make the day better for someone else, for everyone else that I meet that day, I'm the one who's actually benefiting from that. Mm-hmm. So if I see the checkout Beautiful. person go, wow, I was really busy today. How you doing? And I connect with them for just that second that no one else has done for the last two hours while been frantically amazing. checking bags through. It changes thing their day for them. And that changes things for me. It has a knock-on effect. Mm-hmm. And I know that's kind of altruistic and sort of uh, airy-fairy, but it, uh, hey... Give it a try.
0: You know, I think it's so practical. Um, when you think about how we can become more giving to others that, and focusing on them, I'll never forget a, a presentation I did many years ago. It was a group of a thousand entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never spoken to a group that large. And I'd rehearsed, rehearsed, rehearsed. And initially, when I kicked off, my mouth all of a sudden went dry. Mm. I'm... And I, I, I was shocked because I'd never had that happen. So I quickly got some water. I almost panicked right at the beginning. It was like, oh, my gosh, how can I speak? And then I, it's like I kicked in to automatic because I had done all that practicing and I knew my stuff. And I was able to speak with much more conviction. But the other thing I was doing is I was switching from uh, focus on my own nervousness to serving the audience. And mm-hmm. as soon as I was able to make that switch, it, it, it I came alive. You know, I, I was able to really do a, a, a very effective job. And I'm just curious, how do you help clients make that shift from themselves and being so nervous or self-conscious to focusing on the individual or the group that's in front of them?
2: Well, it's really interesting how you kind of you said this a couple of times already that you serve your audience. And when you take the take the focus off yourself and to the others, it helps you. And that's a great idea. And when Mark and I work with people, we 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 liken the approach of any kind of presentation, any kind of pitch introduction. It is a conversation. It's a two-way engagement. So spinning off of what you're saying, if you work in this, lean into the silence and the breath and listen, listening is an equally as important, maybe more so important skill of speaking than actually presenting. You're listening to what's before you and treating it as a conversation then all of a sudden it's a two-way engagement it's not a, i'm just projecting on people i'm actually engaging with people so you're completely right in that and we we take people through that idea of listening stopping with that breath sitting in how do i feel about this or looking at a different point of view on how they feel about what they're talking about less about what you think and more about how you feel about what you're talking about. Mm. Then then we're getting into empathy, emotion, which is how people engage and connect, and you start easing into yourself, realizing it isn't just about you, it's about what you're sharing or who mm-hmm. you're sharing it with.
1: hmm Shelly mentioned the breath and the on a physiological basis, which I'm the science dude in the in the in our partnership is the breath is intimately connected into our lungs are intimately connected into our parasympathetic nervous system which is what settles you down. Mm. Sympathetic cranks you up. So that's the adrenaline, the anxiety, the fear, the, the energy boost you get before you're doing anything that you care about. That could be the start of a marathon. That could be going into the cold shower in the morning. That could be giving a speech in front of other people or talking to that important person, the CEO in the elevator, whatever it is, that gorgeous Mm -hmm. human that you want to talk to because you're attracted to them, whatever it is, that's when that juice will happen. How do you take it from overwhelm? Oh, I can't talk. My mouth is dry. I can't breathe. My heart rates through the roof. (sighs) Big breath in, longer exhale, the fastest proven way to lower the amount of adrenaline, dump carbon dioxide out of your blood, and get you back to a place where you can use that energy to perform rather than being overwhelmed by it.
0: Mm. That's great. Um, So thinking about the audience, and you have someone in the audience And it could be if you're, you know, making a sales presentation to just two or three people or a group, but you spot the ones that are not engaged or sense the ones that are reacting negatively to what you're saying. So how do you how does someone prevent getting focused on those individuals if others are really, you know, with you? But how do you keep from getting derailed by uh, noticing and reacting to the negative energy that you might pick up from someone?
1: So it starts with mindset for me. Now this is gonna be, this has to be tailored to the person. So in my case, when I was in, a big part of my career was in sales. So when I noticed I was losing people, then it was, okay, then I did shift from so much of an external focus to more of an internal focus. Can I have fun doing this? Mm -hmm. And maybe I will connect with them. Can I, instead of trying to be the salesman and come up with, you know, time to answer objections and blah, 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 can I talk from my heart about, can I tell a story? Can I connect to something in me and feel it? Mm -hmm. And that just ups the odds that I can connect with the person. No guarantee. That's just how life is. But if I can go from maybe 3%, you know, because I'm just saying words, to 97% opportunity to connect with another human being because I'm feeling it, because I care about what I'm saying, because I'm being honest and truthful and real, Mm
0: -hmm. then
1: that ups the odds that they will feel it too. But like I said, not a guarantee. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It's absolutely true. And you could even take that moment, even if you're presenting, especially if you're presenting in front of a small group, and ask questions. Presenting and introducing and engaging is finding out more information about the people you're presenting to. It's likened to dating rarely do we ask somebody to marry us without dating a little bit, getting to know them, Mm -hmm. have a few meals together, go on a few expeditions together, have that ask a lot of questions, get to know before you spend so much time with this person. If you're asking somebody to spend lots of money, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on your product, before I write that check, I might want to know the person that I'm talking to. And as Mark said, with the stories, by sharing stories, your personal journey, you open that dialogue. So we understand the character of the person we're speaking to. We know who you are, and we then understand more about the type of person you are to see where we align. Mm-hmm. As Mark said, we it's not one hundred. We can't control how everybody thinks. We can just really aim to connect with those who align or want to know more about what we have an
0: interest in what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Such good advice. So let's think about someone that's not used to revealing that much about themselves. You know, they, they think, oh, this is the professional me, I have to show up, you know, and not show any flaws. Not that they think they have to be perfect, but they've got to operate within this limited parameter, how do you help them expand and think differently about how to reveal appropriately things about themselves that will enable them to be relatable, to connect effectively with the person or persons in that audience?
1: Shelley introduced me to the concept of the difference between personal and private. And I really think that's an important mindset to set in place. It's like, you know, there's some things I'm not going to share with everybody because they're just, they're private. Mm -hmm. But personal stuff, uh, my son died this year. That was a devastating experience. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It was total surprise. And it messed me up. It messed me up big time, 37 years old. Mm. Gone all the things all the guilt all the Everything you could possibly experience. I've experienced this year now Mm. sharing that might be Wait, you know, you're doing a public speaking thing man. You shouldn't be talking about that, but that's who I am That's me. That's if I can reveal a little bit about myself about what is important to me to other people that's the essence of public speaking in Mark's world that makes it valuable for others. So part of it is being willing as a, a coach to go there myself, mm-hmm. but also so a, uh, a model for someone to follow, but also then making it safe space for someone to say, you know what, you're in charge. You determine where the line is between personal and private and when it's safe for you i want you to go deeper my job is to ask you to go deeper because it will feel so damn good but you choose you mm-hmm. choose how far mm-hmm. you go
2: and it usually is very comforting for people that we work with um again you're the you control the narration so you decide where you want to go there are pr- personal experiences on the job about a project you worked on, how the team collaborated together, or a client that went upside down that you were able to retrieve. Those stories can be personal or private without mentioning the name of the organization, but they add to the value of what you do and show a lot about how you resolve those issues and how you interact with people, as well as you know maybe more serious uh might be getting fired for doing something really horrible and maybe having a very strong learning curve it really just depends on the individual but we find that when we work with our clients and they actually self-express there is a huge like weight that comes off their shoulders they're like god i've been carrying that around for a lifetime and they realize once they let it out it's not only feels good, but several other people feel the same way or have similar uh, experiences. I mean, you look at a TED Talk. TED Talks are all about people's accomplishments, their personal journeys, their obstacles that they've overcome, their hardships, their everything. And we look to those people as thought leaders, and we look to them as inspiring us to move forward because we identify with all those stories. It's a whole platform built on personal and private stories. Mm -hmm. That's where we connect. So those people choose to talk about their cancer to help people. But it also within them, it's a great physical and emotional stress reliever, which actually is healthier for you, because you're not holding in that tension all the time. So there's actually a health component to speaking, and it's being self-expressed.
0: Mark, thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry about the loss of your son. Um. It, Those kinds of sharing of of deep personal pain I think have the potential to have others connect with us instantly at a deep level that could otherwise take, you know, days, weeks, months to make that kind of a connection, that humanness that they relate to, because we've all had some kind of significant loss in our lives. And so... Sharing that brings it home for us and makes it more possible to get a glimpse of who you are. And I think that's a key part also of the beautiful work that you do. And I love the word remarkable speaking in the name of what you do, because to me, you're helping people tap into what makes them uniquely human, what makes their stories special, unique, and and makes it easier for people to connect with them more quickly. Is that an accurate assessment of what you do?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Shelly and I were talking with uh, negotiating with some folks who, who had a program that we wanted to be part of. And I shared, I just, I, I felt like It was fairly fresh and I shared that, you know, my son had passed and we were rebuilding things because I'd been out of action for a while. And we're talking with three older gentlemen and one goes, yeah, my son died too. And the other one goes, yeah, I'm bringing up my grandson because my my son died too. And it's like, (laughs) how could you expect that to happen? You know, I'm thinking, oh, well, I'm the only one in the world whose kid has died, which is just absolutely insane. And there's a deep connection with these other human beings over Zoom, which is supposed to be so hard to connect, which is, that's, no, there's another myth. And suddenly there's on a whole nother level, this business relationship goes to, you know, a 10 in like five seconds. Mm -hmm. Because not because I'm some kind of great guy. I mean, I was just sharing my heart. That's like, it's, it's, become a core value for me I can't live any other way anymore (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it sucks to be repressed
0: (laughs) that's such a great way to say it Shelley what was your experience I assume you were on the call with them and were able to observe the reaction and the response of those who were listening to Mark share share that story it was deeply moving the support you felt the
2: level of support, the patience, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's okay to have life's experiences good, bad, and indifferent. It doesn't change it doesn't change how we do business. It's changing why we do business and why we connect with these people. And as Mark said, it made us it really brought the relationship to a different level and that brought us much closer and the level of respect was different and it was just like we were dealing human to human it was less about a transaction and more about a more profound movement or ideology that we wanted to bring forth mm. it's
0: breathtaking it's remarkable if i might say <laughs> yes <laughs> well i can I can just feel that what happened and and imagine what was going on in that conversation because all of a sudden you were positioned not as a salesperson, you know, wanting to do business with these people, but as a fellow human being who's had experiences too. So you are more real. I know I've used that word relatable, but the can you're able to make those connections that. I just, I marvel at what happens when we're willing to just be totally honest and not, as you say, Mark, repress things because of having this misguided idea that we have to be a certain way in order to be accepted or to be perceived as professional. And so I know one of the things that you both do in your programs is use gamification now that might feel like you know 180 degrees change <laughs> talking about there's not a smooth segue it seems to me to go from you know talking about being human to gamification but they are related Totally. And so i would love for you to talk about why why is it so um effective? for you to introduce games and have people participate in those and maybe give us an example of a type of game that opens people's eyes and helps open them up to something new.
1: We use games mainly because it it's it creates a, a milieu, a, a learning environment where it's, number one, it's safe. It's just games. Uh, it's fun, which... You know, you're 31% uh, smarter when you're having fun or smiling or in a positive space. So it it engenders that possibility at least. Uh, We're putting pressure on people as well. So we can do that because we need to make it uncomfortable within a a safe environment. That paradox being in place at the same time really accelerates the, the potential for people to learn quickly. And then the last thing is it makes it really fast because we can go rep after rep after rep and they get a lot of learning in a short period of time that wouldn't be possible even in regular world in you know, in person mm-hmm. because we can do it virtually and they're just bam, 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 bam. They're getting lots of, you know, that start wasn't as good, that end wasn't as good, here's what you could try. Yeah, and then the next one and the next one and the next one. And it makes the rewiring that happens in sleep happen a lot quicker.
2: Mm. And adding on to that rewiring piece, when you think about games, we play games as kids. Mm -hmm. It's part of being a kid. That's what you do. And when you think about the childlike mindset or the beginner's mindset, it's open for anything. You have very little judgment as young people in the world because you have very little experiences and there's so much more awe. And it's kind of like running towards that pile of leaves and the child isn't thinking about there might be a pitchfork underneath it. They just run and imagine the wonderment of those leaves, the adult in us thinks about the pitchfork. So the mindset is to get us back to that air place where there is little judgment. We want to run into those leaves without any thoughts or hindrances and getting our clients to that state first allows them to express and get into areas that they haven't felt before. Then we transition them into the real world with that same feeling, but it is a mindset and that's a very quick way, as Mark said, to get people to connect on that mindset of being free and open.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you give an example of a type of game or situation that you set up for clients so my listeners can get an idea of something concrete that um, they might be thinking about for themselves?
1: Well, maybe the, the example that shows up for me is we have a game where it. it... It's kind of a pausing game. So you'll get a a prompt and it's random. It'll just show up. You, it, It's time to impromptu, come up with something. Hey, expired pickles. <laughs> One of our favorite kind of frustrating kind of titles. And there you go. You have a timer on screen and you have an amount of time to come up with, you know, I look in the fridge and there's the jar of pickles. You know, I wouldn't mind having a pickle right now. I'm thinking to myself, and I pull it out and I see that it looks okay, but it's expired. Do I, what am I going to do? And the timer gets to the end, and now I go. So I'm going quiet in that moment. I'm breathing, I'm taking a pause. And that's the biggest thing that we see people struggle with. They talk too fast. They don't take time to recover. I don't know what the hell I'm going to say next.
2: (laughs) Or they ramble. They ramble. ramble.
1: And And this uh,
2: game, yeah, forces the breath. It stops. It prompts you to breathe in the middle of a one, two, three, five minute speech. The breaths come in randomly. Uh, There's another one that also helps with the energy source. It starts very low and goes all the way up to a 10. So as you're speaking, the screen is flashing numbers and you're supposed to hit that number on a scale of one to 10 to, to play around in your energy zone. And it feels really odd because like the breath game, you're being forced to do things that don't feel comfortable. But once you experience it, by the time we throw on a timer with no prompts whatsoever, those things are already happening organically. And you know to touch into them because you are now have that history of what it's like, and it feels good.
1: If I could just add one more thing. Sure. The, the, all this information is just a rumor. It's just words in the air. It's why we don't think you can learn from a book how to speak. It takes the reps. It's yeah. just a rumor until you get it in the muscle. It takes the reps of doing it of seeing what it's like to really let it rip and see (laughs) quietly and being able to switch
0: between Mm -hmm.
1: those. And then notice, I shut up and everybody leans in. I -hmm. suddenly got their interest again. Mm -hmm. What's going on? And that experience that has to be felt until it becomes knowing Gets a bodily felt experience of that happening. That that's where it becomes usable under pressure when you're talking in front of those VCs because you're going for money, exactly. or your whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a good point. It's um, it it so reinforces what we teach ourselves in our books on communication skills. Same kind of thing. You can't just read about how to listen. You've got to practice it. And what's beautiful about your structure is that both of you are involved in observing and there are others in the group, right? That are being able to observe, give real time feedback. So people are able to learn through the doing and through the repetitions much more rapidly. And this would be a good time for you to talk about how do you structure your programs to really facilitate this kind of rapid learning and mastery of the of of speaking in public. We created
2: a signature program of six one hour sessions with six individuals. So it's big enough to have an audience yet small enough to get coaching from two coaches for six people coming from different perspectives on many ideas and opinions. Mm -hmm. So we really, between our collective background of professions, we understand the senior level executive management down to the entry level. And these one-hour sessions are so compact that we teach these new ideas in a very focused way. And then we provide tip sheets where you could take it out between each session. So over the week, here's how you can use it in your day-to-day. Here are examples, go out and do this. We have them record, send us information, and we give feedback. So the real work is done outside of the group. And I know, yes, your book, you have this whole thing, practice, practice, practice. That is our mantra and every and we show you how everywhere and every place again from the supermarket to the boardroom there's an opportunity to practice so it really is a tight capsule and it's scalable because a lot we know everybody's busy we know there's a lot going on one hour a week over 6 weeks can really it does it makes all the difference in the world and the magic of the games helps us switch that fast
0: I'd love for you to share an example or two of people you've worked with, you know, a, a specific individual. What was the issue around public speaking that that person was struggling with? What What did they work on during the program? And then afterwards, what kind of transformation or result were you able to help them achieve?
1: Well, I have a recent one that um, I've been working with a uh, gentleman I met a couple of years ago in the town where I live. He runs a very successful, probably the fastest growing company in Western Canada, which would be like being the fastest growing company in California kind of idea. Um, And he reached out to me, he wanted some public speaking coaching. Okay, well, what's going on? And he's uh, an immigrant. New to the, newer to the company or to the country, English is a second language, and he struggles a little bit. His coming in mindset was he had to get all the words correct. This is very common. I think almost everyone that we ever coached, honestly, in two and a half year over a thousand people, have come in with that idea. It's the words are what's important, and we come from a place where it's what what you feel and what you. If you feel it, they will feel it more likely is where we come from and how we coach, how we live at this point. So working with Ravi, he's, I see that his actual skill levels here and he thinks he's here, which is again, really common. So, okay. He's scared to death about having to speak at the company Christmas party. Now, this is a company that's grown to 800 employees in six years. That's pretty damn good in anyone's book. Mm -hmm. 150 locations in the oil business of all things in Canada. Mm. An amazing accomplishment. So he is a top-level executive. He knows how to run a rapidly growing, expanding company. And yet he's scared of public speaking. So I know inside there's this massive cauldron of confidence, to be able to be that audacious, to be a newcomer to the country and build a company that fast here. And so we just start to open it up. We play the games. Three sessions. He does the Christmas party speech. This just last week, he sent me an email. My friends and family were just so proud of me for having done so good. It went extremely well. It's the best day of my life.
0: Love that.
1: Tell you what, as a coach, you can't hear anything better.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and I love the fact that you tap into the, the expertise, the brilliance that you know is there, but too often the individual can't see it because of their own stories. That they're telling themselves about who they are and what they're capable of.
2: We know there's everybody has the ability to speak. We're born speaking. Mark and I aren't teaching you to speak. It's it's really just about unearthing that level of unearthing your stories and showing that confidence comes from just being who you are and it's okay. There's we believe there are leaders at every level, and as People that are senior executives, when you inspire that throughout your organization, you would, I would think, want people to take initiative at every level, whether they're sweeping the floors or they're, you know, senior managers or junior managers or line workers. It absolutely doesn't matter. We all want purpose. And part of being self-expressed
0: is in that purpose, finding that purpose.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And it seems like that's one of the things you both are so good at is helping tap into learning helping people learn how to tap into that identify that purpose and tap into it to use it in the way they express themselves to others i just love this conversation i'd love to keep going on but for the sake of time with our um, the podcast we'll need to wrap up i'd love to know if there is a key insider tip that we have not covered that you'd like to share with my audience around public speaking?
1: You know, I would, I would suggest that if people really want to start experiencing this for themselves on their own, start recording yourself. We all have phones, flip it on and start publishing, record and publish, like watch it. And then, Grit your teeth. <laughs> None of us like how we look or how we sound, typically. Put it up on YouTube and live with the consequences. Do that every day for 30 days. You're gonna be a different speaker.
0: Great challenge. How about you, Shelley? That is
2: something that I learned from Mark for sure. And it was also it was also recording like uh, 10 videos in one minute or something like a few seconds of in 10 minutes or something really get it out there but also when another thing is to when you comment on somebody's social media platform let's say add a nice comment think about what they say and share your version of that story how it impacted you and what brought to mind that's another way of sharing and opening up in a different way And you'd be surprised where those conversations lead to and how people come back and say, Hey, you know, I did a post on getting laid off, which I had terrible shame around. Once I once I published that, people, it was like one of the biggest, most interactive posts I had. People came from everywhere. Thank you. And shared their stories. And we I built conversations and relationships out of that like I've never had before.
0: So, be heart uh, felt expressed. Yes. yes. And opening up about things that didn't go well, you know, either tragedies in your life or situations you had no control over and how you responded. That does draw people in. Those are such good examples. Thank you so much, both of you for being with me today. I would love for you to share, how can people connect with you and learn more about your Remarkable Speaking program?
1: Our website is remarkablespeaking.com. That's the easy place to find us, uh, central place. As well, we're both on LinkedIn. We're both active on LinkedIn. That's our preferred platform. So you can just search our name on there. Um, our profiles are there, or, or even Remarkable Speaking, we have our own <laughs> company channel on LinkedIn and on YouTube. Great. Lots of
2: videos there to so people could see, learn about more tips and
0: things of that nature. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for those resources, and I'll be sure we put all of them on the show notes page for your episode. I just want to acknowledge Shelley and Mark the work you're doing, the way you're helping others to realize the greatness they have within and to draw it out in a way that's so empowering and respectful. And so thank you both for what you're doing. It's very important. And um, I want to encourage my listeners to reach out to one or both of you to connect and learn more about your program because it truly is transformational so thank you again for joining me today
2: thank you Meredith this has been really really an interesting talk today
1: an honor to speak with you Meredith I'm really pleased to have met you and have a chance to just talk to you thank you
0: thanks for tuning into my podcast now head over to growstrongleaders.com and check out our two books connect with your team and peer coaching made simple while you're there Download the free facilitator guide to find out how to implement our unique peer coaching system. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.